0: If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at American Signature Furniture or
1: designerlooks.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. My name is Mung.
0: Hey, everyone. It's close. Week seven, just about in the books. I mean... This this week's in the books for all uh, for all intents and purposes. Of course, uh, the Pats are wrapping up the uh, the Jets finally in a finally packaged uh, bow. Or well, that's not that's not how that saying goes. But whatever. Week eight coming on up. How are you doing, Mung?
1: Well, uh, that all depends. I could use um, a lot of James White and Brandon Bolden touchdowns tonight. I am. I'm facing Sony Michelle in one league up uh, about 20 points, and facing Tom Brady in another league up about 20 points. So there you go.
0: Well, seeing what Belichick's been doing to us all season, you just may have your wish.
1: Certainly hope so. But uh, it, it's been a crazy, brutal week here. Some uh, a lot of big names just falling flat. Did you run into that grinder?
0: No, I thought I lucked out this week. Actually, uh, a lot of a lot of blood spill. All over the place. Well, actually, no, that's that's not true. I did uh I did suffer a, a loss of Pat Mahomes, but thankfully the rest of the team picked up uh, picked up the pieces, and I'm gonna have to figure some things out. I, I may have to learn something from our waiver wire uh, portion later in the show.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, guess who guess who started Kyler Murray over Aaron Rodgers this week? Two thumbs Oof. two thumbs to this guy. There you go. Because uh, guess what, Kyler Murray. Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan combined to score 17 points this week (laughs) Uh, and at your wonderful running back position only 15 running backs prior to tonight scored double digit points as in more than nine Uh, among them being Tariq Cohen and Jamal Williams who I'm sure both were started in uh, very few leagues and of course, on the other end of the spectrum, Chase Edmonds and Latavius Murray each scored 30 plus points. And guess how many leagues they were benched in? Quite a few. Uh, Edmonds, of course, uh, everyone will talk about Mr. Cliff Kingsbury. I don't even want to say his name right now, uh, huh. later on, but he, uh, a lot of owners benched David Johnson or benched Edmonds because David Johnson was active. And of course, Latavius Murray wasn't started in a lot of leagues just because it was supposed to be a quote unquote difficult matchup versus the Bears, but not so much uh, at wide receiver. You had guys like Zach Pascal, Alex Erickson, Corey Davis, <laughs> Danny Amendola, Didi Westbrook, and Devante Parker. No, not Devante Adams. Devante Parker, all <laughs> outscored <laughs> guys like Tyreek Hill, Amari Cooper, Julio Jones. And of course, uh, two top five tight ends this week, Eric Ebron and Kyle Rudolph, just like everybody expected. So just an absolute bloodbath. A ton of players not started in most leagues blowing up.
0: Just the way I had it written up.
1: Right. But uh, one name, of course, that I did not mention uh, was our Gillette Close Shave of the Week. And this week at quarterback, Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson had some big performances, but another quarterback in the league quietly got his first win on a new team. In his first start as a Tennessee Titan, Ryan Tannehill threw strikes downfield, despite being under constant pressure from Joey Bosa and company. Though Tannehill did have an interception on a tip ball and was fortunate to recover a fumble, he kept the offense moving with a rejuvenated passing game, providing that spark that they needed. Tannehill completed 23 of his 29 pass attempts for 312 yards, two touchdowns, and one INT, doing just enough to eke out a 23 20 win at home against the Chargers. Get your close shave like Ryan Tannehill with Gillette. There's a best for every man. Get $3 off your first order when you create an account using the code WELCOME3 and try Gillette's new heated razor, providing comfort with every stroke.
0: Yeah, you know Tanny uh, got ready for this game warming up with a heated blade. That is for certain.
1: Yeah, and you know the funny story is uh, I was this close to typing up. I was watching that game, and I was typing up the Gillette close shave, and uh, I was about to give it to Melvin Gordon, but uh, (laughs) we saw how that ended up. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, Not quite. Uh, So there you have it. Congratulations, Mr. Ryan Tannehill.
0: And congratulations, Patriots defense. Another defensive score.
1: Yeah, it's. I think we talked about it real quick last week, but there's never been a better time to trade away a defense for a a running back, two, a wide receiver, two. You know, one of the big names who might be underperforming. Mm,
0: There was a better time, Chicago Bears, two weeks ago
1: hmm well hmm, yeah
0: <laughs> all right let's uh, let's get into the uh the recaps Thursday night or uh the, well you know recaps and previews Thursday night football Washington at Minnesota this coming week Washington could not do much of anything in that rain versus San Francisco now they get a short week to prepare for Minnesota's defense I am not expecting another shutout for Washington but it will not be very pretty I would really only consider Terry McLaurin here as a wide receiver three. Chris Thompson, it would be a consideration of healthy. Definitely not Adrian Peterson here. The the revenge game narrative is here for him, but I'm just not buying it.
1: Oh, there's a revenge game narrative in this game, all right. But it's on the other side, and we'll get to that. Um, (laughs) I don't buy it for Peterson either. Uh, He also injured his ankle against the Niners. We don't know. Uh, if it's severe or if it's nothing really yet, uh, it's got the MRI but no results, so we'll see. Um, but even if he is healthy and he plays, the state of that Washington offensive line is not great, and especially against this Vikings defense. Chris Thompson, of course, is questionable as well with a foot injury. Um, just really not a whole lot here for either one. Uh, if both Peterson and Thompson happen to be out, Uh, Then maybe Wendell Smallwood, uh, desperation running back four on volume alone, I would figure he would get a lot of touches, but just not a whole lot of upside there. And as you said, uh, Terry McLaurin's really the best player on this offense right now. Uh, I've got him as a low-end wide receiver three as well, and really that's about it for Washington.
0: The Vikings had a nice game versus the Lions. They seem to be opening their pat- pass offense a bit here, 330-plus yards and four touchdowns for Kirk Cousins. Hopefully more to come in an easy Washington matchup here, probably what you were alluding to in your uh, revenge game. Uh, Adam Thielen left with an injury after a deep touchdown catch, leaving Diggs to catch seven, uh, seven uh, receptions, eight targets, 142 yards. Thielen's backup, Bissy Johnson, ex. Asks- They actually saw eight targets, but I would not waste my fab there. This team could very conceivably just run the ball 40 times and dominate this week if coaching wants to, so I don't see the upside there. Cook is a rock-solid running back one, giving us 25 carries, 142 yards, and two touchdowns this past week. Should be a lot more on the docket here.
1: Right. And after Kyle Shanahan beat the Washington team last week, he gave a game ball to his father, uh, Mike Shanahan, who was let go by Dan Snyder. Um, (laughs) He could conceivably get a second game ball from Mr. Kirk Cousins this week. We'll see about that. Uh, Adam Thielen here, uh, the hamstring injury, he says that it's not severe, um, and it sounds like the MRI results are positive, but really there's no no need for the team to risk him here. These soft tissue injuries could linger or be at risk of re-injury, and this should be a fairly soft matchup. If D- if Thielen does sit, uh, of course, Stefan Diggs should get a few more targets. But as you said, Los, there's a chance that Cook and Madison combine for 30-40 carries here, like they did in Week One against Atlanta. If they get up big, I still so I have Diggs as a boomer bust, uh, low end wide receiver, too. Of course, with a lot of upside. Cook, of course, you're starting as a top five option at running back and. Cousins is a pretty decent high in QB, two Again, he's been very, very hot, uh, though there's always risk with these Thursday night games. Uh, we will talk about him more at our wa- on our waiver wire section for teams who may have lost Pat Mahomes like you in one league. That
0: is exactly what happened, and he is my backup quarterback in that league just because I refused to let my captain, Kirk Cousins, go.
1: Well, there you go, and uh, even though last year Minnesota was favored by right around the same amount of points, 16 against Buffalo, and choked, uh, that was probably more a statement about an up-and-coming Bills team here. I'm not too worried about Washington. They'll probably run Peterson in a loss. Uh, I'll take Minnesota home.
0: I will take Minnesota. Nothing up and coming about this Washington team. Sunday, noon, 1 p.m. Eastern, Seattle at Atlanta. Seattle had a tough time versus Baltimore, but this is the perfect week for all Seattle players here. Atlanta should be experiencing a coaching change somewhat in the near future, and their defense cannot stop anyone. They're not going to start now. Wilson, Lockett, and Carson are full goes. DK Metcalf's targets rose with the loss of Will Disley, and I expect that to continue despite his big fumble. This team has shown a lot of loyalty to players. believe in like chris carson with his fumbling issues and i expect a solid flex outing from dk metcalf this week here
1: yeah i like metcalf as much uh, or as well excuse me as a boomer bust flex here Lockett, a mid-range wide receiver two um carson i've got as a low end rb1 and wilson of course a top five quarterback here uh, the only concern i have here is if seattle decides to run a ton if they get up big on the falcons early we saw that happen against arizona um, a few weeks ago, so that that would be my only <laughs> issue, maybe limiting their ceilings. But you're starting these guys.
0: Yeah, the uh, other name to be of mention is Rashad Penny. Um, I think he was active, but or he was inactive, but is getting healthier. Um, right now, I think he's I think he's just a handcuff at this point. I don't I don't see much um, standalone value.
1: Do you? I think he was active. He just They just didn't care to give him the ball at all. I thought I,
0: I, thought I read that he was a healthy scratch, but that, well, that could be right. He might it, as well be have right. been
1: because he basically got, like I think, two snaps or something.
0: Oh, yeah. No, ex- exactly. Um, Matt Ryan was injured uh, late in a game where the team could not get much going here. Matt Schwab may have to start this week, which honestly is not the worst thing in the world. Uh, I'd be fine with Julio Ridley. And Sanu, of course, you lower your expectations significantly. Jalen Ramsey was a new addition to that Rams defense versus Atlanta. He definitely made a difference there. Devante Freeman was ejected from the game for throwing a hand to the head of Aaron Donald. Everybody's calling it a punch, but there, wasn't, there was no punch there. Uh, we will have to see if he has further repercussions from the league, but I'm not expecting there to be any. Edo Smith left the field with injury. Um, this is a team in massive disrepair right now. But somebody has to move the ball somehow, and I would expect it to be the wide receivers. Oh, uh, Austin Hooper is, of course, a weekly tight end one, the only player to score a touchdown this game.
1: Right. I believe this is Edo Smith's second concussion. Is that correct? I believe so. Yeah, so it's likely he's out for a while. We saw that Sterling Shepard they're being cautious with after his second t- concussion of the year um brian hill is a name to just monitor as you said if there are further re- repercussions for davante freeman i don't think so it wasn't really a full-fledged punch as you described um correctly that it was more of a slap to the helmet but you know these refs are being cautious so uh, if if freeman were to get suspended for a game which is unlikely then brian hill's a name to monitor um as for this high ankle sprain for matt ryan doesn't sound too serious but You know, Ryan's not really a mobile quarterback, so it's possible that he could play and stay in the pocket, but uh, it's more likely that Atlanta will hold him out. Uh, It's a pretty much lost season for them at this point, so why risk uh, their franchise quarterback here? If Ryan plays, though, Julio would still be a wide receiver one, but if he's out, I'm not sure how much I trust Matt Schaub. I I, I wouldn't bench Julio, but he becomes a mid-range wide receiver two for me at that point. Um, And then I certainly wouldn't have a ton of optimism for Snoo or Ridley uh, without Matt Ryan here. Um, But as you said, uh, Austin Hooper is probably the safest option, even if Schaub is there. Uh, Quite a few checkdowns for him. And this could very well be the last game for Tan Quinn as the head coach here. So I'll go with the Seahawks.
0: I will take the Seahawks Philadelphia at Buffalo. Definitely not a great week here for Carson Wentz in Dallas, 190 yards, one touchdown, one interception and a tough pull here in Buffalo as well. He remains a back end quarterback one just because of the bye weeks and all these injuries we're talking about. Everyone suffered here. Really Uh top target was Dallas Goddard, four catches, 69 yards and a touchdown, which kills Ertz who only went two catches, 38 yards. Elshon Jeffrey only caught two of his five targets for 38 yards I don't think it's going to get much better versus Buffalo. Deshaun Jackson needs to get healthy fast for this team. Elshon's an upside wide receiver three or two obviously cannot sit. As for the running backs, 11 carries and two targets for Jordan Howard to six carries, six targets for Sanders. It's looking less and less likely that Sanders ever becomes a dominant force this year. But I'm still hanging on in a league where I've got an open open bench spot anyways. Um, but it's it's starting to get bleak.
1: Right. I You know, I, I dropped Sanders in a 10-team league. I've held on in a 12-team league. So really it really depends on your record, your bench spots, whether you need help. Um, but certainly Sanders... Yeah,
0: 10-team, I'd let him go. That's that's a great point.
1: Yeah. And again, Sanders isn't a must-hold, but he certainly still does have some upside. Um, I, I don't love Carson Wentz here uh, against a tough Buffalo defense, despite how well Fitzpatrick did. On Sunday. Um, There is some hope, though. Maybe Deshaun Jackson can finally come back this week. We'll see about that. He's been out for weeks and weeks with that groin injury. Uh, As of right now, I have Wentz as a low-end QB1, actually just a spot behind uh, the quarterback on the other side here that we'll talk about in just a second. Um, Don't love either running back Howard or Sanders, Uh, and if Deshaun Jackson does suit up, I'd slot him in as a high-end wide receiver three, and Alshon Jeffrey is a mid-range flex. But if Jackson is out again, I would expect Jeffrey to see a lot of Tredavious White, and I would actually downgrade him um, to a low-end flex here. Hertz hasn't been great either, and uh, Buffalo is actually quite good at defending against the tight end, so I actually have him slide in just the back-end tight end one this week.
0: That's all he's been all season.
1: Yeah, he's had a couple of nice games, but the target volume hasn't been there, uh, whether he's been required to block or just covered well because you know no one's scared about Alshon Jeffrey.
0: I've seen a stat where only two of the weeks so far has he been a top twelve running or uh, tight end in most formats. I I don't know what to do with that information other than keep starting them, though.
1: Right. Uh, I mean, no one's going to pay top tight end prices for him right now, so it's hard to sell them. But maybe if you can still get you know someone decent, uh, you know their their schedule isn't great coming up either. So, mm hmm, that's
0: the truth. Buffalo could not get a ton of offense going despite that Miami matchup. I'll chalk it up to a v- divisional matchup, a familiarity, you know. Still 200 yards and two touchdowns for Josh Allen, and he is a solid start here this week in Philadelphia. Gore and Singletary are splitting touches in the backfield, and I would bench both versus that Philadelphia offensive line or dif- defensive line. John Brown is a wide receiver three at worst versus Philly. A lot of upside here. He had a nice game versus Miami: five catches, six targets, eighty-three yards, and a touchdown. Has some nice, nice matchups coming in the coming weeks. So if uh, if his owner seems to be seems to be selling, not not that I do, I couldn't see a reason that anybody would be, but if somehow he slipped through and still on your waiver wire, he is must own.
1: Yeah, I like Allen as a low end quarterback one this week. As I said, I've got him just one spot. Uh in front of Carson Wentz, Uh, but there's some risk here. The Eagles, they have a good pass rush and their secondary is getting healthier. Uh, Both Darby and Mills are back and they actually just released Orlando Scandrick today. So maybe they're making a move for another cornerback or safety help. Uh, Who knows? Um, Otherwise, maybe it just means that Avante Maddox is back healthy as well. In which case that would help the secondary quite a bit. Of course, Maddox uh, enter or excuse me, left the game against the Packers with that nasty looking concussion. And then though they looked rusty against the Cowboys on Sunday night, this has been a defense that has been fairly good for the most part. Buffalo's offensive line is still struggling at times. So as you said, uh, don't love these running backs. Uh, I would pick Gore uh, if I had to. He is getting more involved uh, than Singletary, even with Yeldon out this past week. And of course, uh, as you said, I like Ben, or excuse me, John Brown as a mid range wide receiver three with upside and if you're absolutely desperate, maybe Cole Beasley gets in the end zone again here. I think the Bills defense is going to make things tough on Wentz, but at the end of the day I'd still bank on Wentz making fewer mistakes than Allen in this one. It's a close call, but I'm actually going to take the Eagles to bounce back here.
0: This started off as as a tough, tough game for me to pick, but the more I'm thinking about it, it actually feels like a blowout win for the Eagles. I I don't it feels weird to say, but but I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, we'll see. The Chargers come into Chicago. Uh, The Chargers lost a close three-point game to Tennessee behind 330 yards, two touchdowns from Phillip Rivers, seven catches, 118 yards, and a touchdown for Austin Eckler, who added just seven yards rushing on his five carries. Six catches, 97 yards for the must-start Hunter Henry, and just four of 11, 61 yards to Allen, and four of six, 47 yards for Mike Williams. Melvin Gordon was limited to just 16 carries, 32 yards and two short catches with a few almost but not quite touchdowns. The Chicago defense, well in the past it was tough. I do expect a better day for Eckler than for Gordon. I expect Chicago to get back on the back on track. They were embarrassed by the by the uh, Saints. Eckler's a PPR running back too. Gordon is a flex option especially in Chicago and I'm feeling a I'm feeling a pretty big week for Keenan Allen here. When he lights up, it's typically regardless of the defensive matchup, and I, I think he gets back on track in a big way here. Now, Hunter Henry's a back on tight on one. Williams is a low upside flex option here. He has not been uh, booming the way he should have been either.
1: Mm, I'm not sure if I agree that Keenan Allen's going to have a big game here. I know Michael Thomas did perform very well against Chicago, but New Orleans' offensive line was able to protect Bridgewater very well, and I'm not so sure the Chargers line is going to be able to do the same for Rivers. Uh, They lost yet another starter. Um, Their left guard went down with a broken ankle against Tennessee. So I I could see this being a a very rough day for Rivers. Uh, You know, Pittsburgh really got at him a couple weeks ago, and I could see quite a few sacks for the Bears here. Um, I have Keenan Allen just a high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two, although uh, I I do think that both um, Gordon and, and uh, Eckler are startable, and then, of course, Hunter Henry you are starting as well, but I would avoid Rivers for sure.
0: I don't want to dive too far into these Chicago versus New Orleans numbers. Trubisky was just awful. The play calling was awful. The run game was fully abandoned. Three carries for Cohen, two for Montgomery. Trubisky played three and a half quarters of awful football, salvaged his day with two late touchdowns in the uh, final Eight minutes of the game, one to Allen Robinson, who parlayed a ton of garbage time targets into 10 catches on 16 targets, 87 yards and a touchdown. He's really the only option here as a wide receiver, too, who is at least getting some consistent targeting numbers. David Montgomery should firmly be on your bench. Uh, It's it's a sad state of affairs right now.
1: Right. Um, if you're looking purely at the box score, uh, don't believe what you saw with Mitchell Trubisky, 250 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, but basically all of that was in garbage time Very at the very end of the game here. You, you don't want to be starting him. Uh, Robinson, of course, as you mentioned, is the lone bright spot. Uh, I've got him as a low end wide receiver too here. And if you're really desperate, I don't know, maybe Chicago tries to run more after that fiasco. Uh, if you want to maybe flex Montgomery, but he's just a boomer bust running back for maybe not even that right now. Uh, it's pretty depressing. Trade him to
0: a bears fan. That's all you can do right now.
1: Yeah. Maybe, maybe, a, a hopeful somehow, but, uh, it's pretty depressing to talk about either of these teams right now. Uh, but I guess I'll go with the home team here. Um, Probably if, you know, if they win, it's probably the help of a defensive touchdown or two. Yes. Of
0: the, uh, of the two offenses and two defenses, the only, the the best unit out there left is the Chicago defense. I expect Marle, uh, uh, Khalil. Wow. I'm so down. I can't even call him the right name. I expect Khalil Mack to single-handedly win this game in Chicago.
1: Yeah. Bosa nearly did for uh, the Steelers. Yep. New York Giants at uh, Detroit. TJ Watt.
0: TJ Watt, yep. New York Giants at Detroit. Tough game for the rookie Daniel Jones here. 220 yards, one touchdown, two turnovers, eight sacks in the return of Patrick Peterson. Tough game in the rain, too, though. Uh, Sterling Shepard is going to need to get through concussion protocol for this team. Golden Tate had a solid day, 6 of 11 for 80 yards, and Evan Ingram was held to one catch while uh, Rhett Ellison caught the deep touchdown. Now, Ingram should be better this week with another week to get right. He left the game with a bit of what looked like, I think he got poked in the eye. I didn't see a follow-up report, but that's what it looked like happened to me, I I guess. Uh, Saquon is a must-start. Tate will be a solid wide receiver 3 in Shepard's absence.
1: Yeah, I uh, I don't have a whole lot to add here. You're uh, starting Barkley, Tate, and Ingram, and that's that's more or less it. Although Ingram, I would uh, I would have some caution about. Uh, I have him as a low end tight end one, mostly one due to his health, and two due to Detroit covering tight ends pretty well this season. Carry
0: on Johnson went down early with just five carries before what could have been a great matchup against the team that allowed 100-plus and three touchdowns in New York. Ty Johnson and J.D. McKissick unfortunately did not do much even after carry on left versus the Vikings. But I would lean uh, Ty Johnson in a pinch as a running back three if carry on is out, which it looks like he will be. Stafford is a solid streaming play here with two great wide receivers. Galladay was held to just one catch, 21 yards, two targets um, against Xavier Rhodes and a little bit of other. Uh, tight coverage, but he has looked great so far this year. This was an aberrant game for him. Um, He's going to be a wide receiver, two at home. And Marvin Jones had a career game, 10 catches, 93 yards, four touchdowns. He's an upside wide receiver, three Much of that actually was against Xavier Rhodes, who I I, I don't think he's awful. It's just I think Marvin's got his number somehow. Something about his body shape, I guess. I don't know. Danny Amendola actually led the team. Eight catches, 11 targets, 105 yards. But we've seen this earlier this season. I think it was week one, followed by uh, disappearing completely for five
1: weeks. Right. And I saw a great, great tweet on Sunday. I wish I could give credit to whoever it was. But um, it basically said somebody told marvin jones before the game that it was thanksgiving because uh, he always seems oh. to blow up on the thanksgiving games um yeah get your turkey yeah but uh certainly carry on johnson owners are not very happy um just very disappointing we saw him on the bike uh, trying to fix that knee and uh you know he was in the brace already during the game and it sounds like he could miss multiple weeks here um, Ty Johnson, I have as a priority pickup for carry on owners. He played 49 snaps compared to McKissick's 19, uh, after carry on left the game here. Um, I like him as a running back too with upside here after the day that chase Edmonds just had against the giants. And it sounds like, uh, if, if carry on's out longer, he could be at least a flex or better in PPR. Um, so we'll talk about him more on the waiver wire section. And then even though Kyler Murray wasn't able to capitalize against this bad Giants defense, he really didn't need to the way Edmonds was running. Uh, I love Stafford here as a high-end QB2 coming in hot from that four-touchdown game. And I like Galladay as a low-end wide receiver 2. Jones as a high-end wide receiver 3, although I would fade Hawkinson here. um, I've got him just as a mid-range tight end 2, given how well the Giants have defended the tight end position.
0: What are we fading him from? (laughs)
1: Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I guess I don't know if if everyone saw that game against, uh, you know, Minnesota, it's uh yeah. Well, if for some reason you're thinking about starting Hawkinson, don't.
0: Just 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 don't. Yep. Just don't make bad Just don't make bad choices in your life.
1: I just I just wanted to include him because I was so optimistic on all the rest of the lions to make sure people didn't yep. misunderstand there, I guess. <laughs> Fair
0: enough. If your league score if your league gives you points for drop touchdowns and failed hurdles, then start TJ Hawkinson all day. Lock him in.
1: Yep, there you go. And I will lock in the lions at home.
0: I also will take the Lions at home. Tampa Bay at Tennessee. Tampa Bay pulls a tough defensive matchup after their bye. I'd avoid Winston on the road here. Could be a solid day for the wide receivers, both of them, though, who I would keep uh, leaning on with Godwin as a back-end wide receiver one. Evans a uh, big upside wide receiver two, but a wide receiver two nevertheless. Evans is going to be looking to prove something in this matchup. Uh, I'd avoid the running backs, even as flexes here in Tennessee. Not much room to run.
1: Nope, not at all, and uh, the only thing is, I don't hate Winston here. He's got some upside uh, coming off the bye. I like him as a mid-range QB too, but of course there's the risk of another awful game, although I chalk up some of that to London. Um, but yeah, Godwin's and Evans are uh, really the only reliable stars in fantasy for Tampa Bay right now. Maybe the running backs, if you believe that Ronald Jones will start getting more work after the bye. Um, he's available on out there in quite a few leagues. And that's all I got. Let's move on to the Titans.
0: The Titans win their first game behind Ryan Tanhill. three hundred plus yards, two touchdowns, one interception, including six catches, seven targets, eighty yards, and a touchdown for Corey Davis. The man has arrived. Six catches, eight uh, eight targets, sixty four yards, in AJ Brown and four of four for forty. For Anima Humphreys, uh, we, we've played this game already with Tennessee. I'm not buying low. I'm not spending fabs. Steer clear as you can. Maybe I'm wrong. I think I'm right. Pass yards are going to come this week versus Tampa Bay, but nobody knows from who. Uh, Derek Henry was fine versus L.A. with 22 carries, 90 yards, and a touchdown and a catch. But uh, Tampa Bay's run defense has been tops. He's a low-end running back, too, this week here, needing a touchdown to help him out. Hopefully he grabs one.
1: I think this is the matchup that I disagree with you the most on this week. Um, I, I guess it's it's kind of sad how rough Mariota looks when Ryan Tannehill, a very mediocre but serviceable quarterback, makes you look terrible. (laughs) Um, I mean that that's about you know that's pretty much what it is, right? Because Tannehill we saw was up and down Miami, and he very well could be here in in Tennessee. Um, I'm not, I'm not having too much faith in him yet, but I don't mind him as a QB2 streamer here. Um, he played well against the Chargers, even though he was under a lot of pressure from that pass rush. Um, the Titans lost their right tackle and their right guard to injuries during that game, but luckily neither of them sound too serious. Uh, if one or both of those linemen can come back and keep Tannehill somewhat protected We've seen that this Buck's secondary is not that great. Uh, we saw Daniel Jones light them up in his first career start. I I, I really do think that Tannehill is is workable as a QB two streamer here. Um, and I actually like both Corey Davis and AJ Brown as upside flex plays. In fact, if you uh, if you, if you're interested in making a wager, I'll say that both Brown and Davis are top thirty wide receivers this week in PPR. Both are top thirty.
0: Both are top thirty.
1: How about top 26? <laughs> um, man, that's getting into wide receiver too, Terry, but territory. But you know what? I'll, I'll take that bet. But they're Let's both... do it. All right. Um, 27 and higher. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you're we're saying that, like, you're saying you want both to finish within top 26. Correct. Not one is and one isn't. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then I'll take that.
1: Okay. We'll see. I... uh Again, I, Hey, hey! I hope
0: you're wrong. I love A.J. Brown, and I have Corey Davis on my Dynasty team. So if this is the start of something new for him, I will welcome it with open arms. I cannot lose on this wager.
1: <laughs> we'll see. They're uh, they're both <laughs> available in quite a few leagues, so uh, we'll definitely talk about both those guys in the waiver wire section again. And then, you know, one other thing to note here, Delaney Walker left the game early with an ankle injury. He was struggling through practice all week. Clearly, he wasn't ready for the game. And then Johnu Smith came in and played 83% of the snaps after Walker left. Uh, he's got some upside as a high-end Titan too. So we'll be talking about quite a few Titans on our waiver wire section here. Um, I could see this game going either way, but I do think there's going to be a lot of fantasy scoring on both sides. Uh, I'm going to lean the Hone team here and go with the possibly 2-0 and Ryan Tannehill-led Titans.
0: I think that's going to happen. Uh, I don't know about a ton of offense coming, honestly. I think a ton of yardage for ta- for Tampa Bay and then some interceptions and a uh, fairly low-scoring affair, in my opinion. But Titans, nonetheless. Denver at Indianapolis. Denver gets a few extra days to lick their wounds after that 30-6 to loss to the Chiefs. Indy's defense doesn't scare you, but I'm not rushing to start Joe Flacco. Uh, Lindsey and Freeman split the workload again. 11 carries for 36 yards with a catch for Lindsey. 10 carries 35 yards with four catches for Royce Freeman. Both should have some short target upside as Indy tends to allow running back receptions in bunches. Cortland Sutton had another very solid week. Six of eight for 87 yards, and he has established himself as a solid target machine. Now that I've said it, he's probably going to pull a Kenny Galladay and have uh, one catch this week, right? But for me, he's crept into weekly wide receiver two consideration. Well, Abdul Sanders' trade rumors are growing. He's a flex if he's on this team at best this week, as they may try to keep him healthy uh, looking for a trade coming in the next couple, uh, I think, two weeks is the deadline.
1: Um. By the way, just a quick game break here. Uh, the Patriots just picked off Darnold, and Belichick Again. is on the sidelines. He's got the whole defense huddled up, and he's telling them what they could be doing better. I, I just love <laughs> it. I, I absolutely love it. It's uh, <laughs> it just scenes like that that just make me laugh and and say like you know look look at this. Um, The Colts, they've been good at stopping the run here, uh, and they could possibly get their starting safety Malik Malik Hooker back this week from that knee injury he suffered a few weeks ago. Uh, Hooker did practice in full late last week, so that'd be a big boost. They're already pretty good defense. I I don't really love anybody on the Broncos this week outside of Sutton as a high and wide receiver three. Um, Both the running backs I would avoid as just low on flex plays, especially with that unpredictable workload split. We saw Freeman get the goal line touch uh, as well as more receptions against the Chiefs. So um, who knows at this point, but either way, the Colts are good on the ground. And then maybe Emmanuel Sanders is a flex play. uh, Perhaps they'll let him flash a bit and uh, try and increase that trade value.
0: Indianapolis got the nice AFC South win versus Houston and Brissett put up another four passing touchdowns. He and Hilton have an unbelievable connection this season. Six catches, 11 targets, 74 yards and another touchdown for Hilton. Regression has to be coming. I, I it it just has to. That doesn't mean you're benching him, though. Six catches, 106 yards, two touchdowns for Zach Pascal. Congratulations if you saw that coming. Four catches, five targets, 70 yards, and a touchdown for Eric Ebron on what may have been one of the uh, the catch of the season to this point. But Denver will probably get after Brissett a bit here. I would probably avoid Pascal here, start Hilton as an upside wide receiver to avoid Brissette, but I can't actually get behind Ebron here. I know that's rare for me. Uh, Marlon Mack did not give up much work to the other two running backs with the positive game script here. I'd expect that this week as well. He did not uh, really uh, please owners this week, but I'm calling my shot on a Marlon Mack touchdown this week uh, w- with a good return to solid running back two value.
1: Yeah, I... Uh... <laughs> I don't think that regression does have to be coming. I I like Brissett and Hilton a lot here. Um, I've got Hilton as a high-end wide receiver three, even though he might see a lot of Chris Harris Jr. this week. Um, Brissett, I still like as a high-end QB two. Mac, I've got as a mid-range RB two. I could see them trying to run a lot here to help out. Um, this. excuse me, help out the passing game. And then Ebron, uh, high-end tight end two here. He made that really athletic catch, that one-handed grab that had to be challenged, but it was a touchdown. Uh, Of course, uh, Zach Pascal, I wouldn't expect uh, two touchdowns again here in over 100 yards, but he's clearly coming on as that number two guy behind Hilton. So I've got him as a boom or bust wide receiver forward, depending on how well the Broncos can limit Hilton and force Brissett to look elsewhere this week. So, Pascal, worth a look in deeper leagues, I do think. And uh, Frank Reich here, he's been masterful making the Colts a legit contender in the AFC, even without Andrew Luck. Uh, I think Reich's a front runner for Coach of the Year along with Sean Payton right now. So, give me the Colts at home.
0: Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite teams to watch this season so far. Give me the Colts and a victory. Cincinnati at the L.A. Rams at Wembley Stadium in London. Uh, but it's a normal noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern start time here. Andy Dalton had a tough matchup versus Jacksonville. Now he gets to look at uh, Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald all day. I would avoid what I could here. Joe Mixon was held to 10 carries, 2 yards. He salvaged his day somewhat with one catch for a short touchdown. Still just 7, uh, seven points in PPR. Just a middling running back, too, here. Alex Erickson saw 14 targets. Boyd saw 14 targets. I, I do my best to avoid them on the road. Well, I guess on a plane here. Not expecting much success for Cincinnati. Boyd is a volume play at wide receiver three.
1: Yeah, I like Boyd as well. Uh, I've got him as a PPR flex, so pretty close to you. Uh, and then I think Alex Erickson is worth a look on waivers for teams who need help at wide receiver. I don't know that this is a really that much of a fluke. He played 94% of snaps against Jacksonville. Um, he's been very heavily involved ever since John Ross went on IR here. Um, as you said, they tie, he tied Tyler Boyd uh, for a team-high 14 targets each, so I do like Erickson as a boomer-bust wide receiver 4 option here uh, and should have a decent floor in PPR if this kind of target volume continues. As you said, Joe Mixon's been pretty awful due to the state of the offensive line and his lack of involvement in the passing game. Uh, I have got him just as a low-end flex play that I would avoid against the Rams here. And then finally, Auden Tate, he's got some upside if he can get some of those downfield catches. uh, He seems to be making a lot of those uh, highlight reel type uh, contested catches, but at the same time, I just don't think it's very likely that Dalton is going to have time to find him if this Bengals offensive line uh, can't slow down Aaron Donald and company.
0: The Rams just pummeled the Falcons. They get a nice matchup here. Slot Gurley in as a solid running back one after an 18 carry, one catch for a touchdown day. Daryl Henderson got all the backup work with Malcolm Brown, a late scratch this week. The wide receivers split catches five for, of seven for 80 to Robert Woods, four of seven, 59 for Cooks, six of eight, 50 to Cup, and all remain at worst wide receiver twos with upside against this Cincinnati defense that is lacking cornerbacks. Gerald Everett actually had the best day receiving, four catches, 10 targets, 50 yards, and a touchdown. And I honestly just find him more annoying than anything. 10 targets, a 40% catch rate, that's not a winning strategy in my book. And they can try and force this thing as much as they want, but they got to get back to their game from last year and the year before.
1: You well, know, it's, it's not a winning strategy, and it might be annoying, but he keeps getting that kind of big target share from Goff. Uh, Goff's just constantly under pressure with the struggling offensive line, and as long as he needs to find Everett to check it down, uh, I think he's going to remain a low-end tight end 1 or high-end tight end 2 in PPR. And I actually do like Everett as that in uh, this week's game against Cincinnati. Uh, this should be another game uh, who is going to help out Goff coming uh, coming off of some rough games recently, but uh, Atlanta and uh, Cincinnati back-to-back is how you get someone back on track here. I've got him as a mid-range QB1 this week. Um, just Mahomes out, Lamar Jackson, and Dak Prescott on by. There aren't that many options, so fire up Goff. Uh, as you said, I like Gurley as well as a low end RB1. Uh, this Cincinnati run defense uh, did make some adjustments to slow down Leonard Fournette, but he should still get plenty of opportunities in this one. And, of course, Cup remains the safest wide receiver of the three, but uh, all three could have some pretty big games here. I am going to take the Rams, although there's always some risk of collapse with a West Coast team traveling all the way east to London. So hopefully uh, they'll be smart about it and they'll fly out to the UK earlier in the week rather than later.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take the Rams as well here. Um They're certainly a better coach team and better put together than the uh, than the Bengals at this point. Arizona at New Orleans. Arizona put together a nice win versus the Giants in the rain. Only 104 yards though passing and 28 yards rushing for Kyler Murray were needed because Chase Edmonds rushed for 27 carries, 126 yards, three touchdowns, and two catches to just one carry for the healing David Johnson. Uh, I had Edmonds on my bench. I know that. Uh, I I wish they'd sort of. Told that, told us that up front. I wish I knew they'd get away from DJ that soon. Frustrating, but what can you do? Obviously, with uh, such little yardage for Murray, Murray, pretty bad day for the pass catchers. Not much to say. Just a weird game with Chase Edmonds dominating the offense here. If he's healthy, David Johnson's a one. Um, but with word that they've brought in Jay Ajayi, and a few other guys to uh, look at backup running back. I would expect him not to play here against New Orleans. Um, I don't expect Matt Lattimore to man up on Larry or Kirk. If he's back, both would be low-level flex options. Um, I don't know. This team's looking weird right now.
1: Yeah, I I wouldn't expect Lattimore to shadow either Kirk or Fitzgerald here. Um, You know, he stays mostly outside, and those two guys play in the slot more. And also, uh, really, there's no number one wide receiver per se for Arizona. They just they spread it around, um, not unlike the Saints. So we'll see if Christian Kirk can return for this one if he does. Uh, I do like him as a flex, as you said. And, um, man, we, I said at the beginning of the show we would have some words about Mr. Cliff Kingsbury and uh you know gotta hand it to him he's a he's a great coach he's made a lot of great adjustments on offense um they they've won what three in a row now but at the same time he's really screwed over all the fantasy owners who had david johnson and Chase <laughs> said here uh no other way to put it of course i understand that the nfl team comes first for these guys uh, they don't care about your fantasy team or mine but Certainly, uh, you know, we kind of separate the coaches into ones that we can trust and ones that we cannot. And we're going to put Kingsbury uh, in that Belichick category where uh, you you don't want to trust anything he says um, (laughs) until you see it happen. So as you said, uh, you know, Arizona worked out Jay today, Spencer Ware, even CJ Anderson. Um, So certainly that's a little bit risky uh, for David Johnson, but the report does say that he's day to day. Um, And the other thing to keep in mind is that DJ Foster, Arizona's number three running back, was also out Sunday with a hamstring injury, which may be multiple weeks. Uh, So it's very likely that even if they do sign one of these guys, um, Johnson could still play. This could be a depth signing. And at the same time, um, if Johnson is out, I would still feel that Edmonds is a very safe option as the starter in Arizona. They're not signing these guys to replace Edmonds by any means. Uh, And then, of course, you know, if Johnson plays, I've got him as a mid-range RB2 here and Edmonds still as a flex, even with Johnson. And if Johnson's out again, then Edmonds I would have as a mid-range running back too. The Saints really haven't given up many yards on the ground. They haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher in 29 games, actually, I saw on Twitter. Uh, But I I think both of these guys would be involved enough as receivers that they would still be viable plays in PPR. Oh, As for, I hope
0: you're all right hope oh, sorry hope you're right
1: yeah i just uh you know funny enough i i actually did start chase edmonds in in our league but that was only because i can't even take credit for that start it was only because i had no other options with uh <laughs> james connor and uh christian McCaffrey on a bye so I, I guess that's for
0: the best yeah
1: you know there's certainly plenty of luck involved in fantasy um Oh, and then of course, as for Kyler Murray, there's some upside here, but I would avoid him just a mid-range QB2 this week on the road against a pretty good Saints defense in the Superdome. Just not a great formula for success.
0: The Saints have gone undefeated without Drew Brees, and he could be nearing a return soon. Uh, Honestly, I'd give him another week off just to be sure here. Uh, This team should not need his help to beat this Arizona defense. If Kamara's out, Latavius is a locked-in running back, too, here. He showed that he could do Quite well versus Chicago, and Arizona's defense does not sniff Chicago's. Michael Thomas will pull Patrick Peterson, but I just don't care. He's probably going to log 15 catches for 65 or 70 yards and have a just fine day. Uh, At first, I was astounded by Murray's game against Chicago. But then I realized just how important it team Hicks is to that defensive line. Um, and then of course, if healthy, Jared cooks get that gets that Arizona tight end matchup, which has been phenomenal every week. He's a tight end one. If he's healthy, I would consider Bridgewater a stream option here in a pinch with Lamar Jackson and Dak on by Ryan and all the other injuries coming up. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of quarterback needy teams out there this week.
1: Yeah. I, I think you could do worse than Bridgewater. Um, And then I really just don't see any reason they would rush back Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara or uh, Jared cook when they have their bye next week. Um, This is a team that handled Chicago and much better teams. uh, And I think they can handle the Cardinals at home without those three guys. So, uh, assuming they are out uh, i have as a mid-range qb2 with upside murray as an rb2 as you said and actually josh hill as an okay tight end two streamer if jared cook is out because sure. as we know sure. this uh, this cardinals defense the way you target them is the tight end and hill did get a touchdown even against chicago here
0: Rhett Ellison had like a 30 yard touchdown versus the Cardinals. So there you go.
1: Yeah. The only, the only tight end to avoid against the Cardinals apparently is Tyler Eifert, but <laughs> exactly. And then, uh, as you said, uh, you're still starting Michael Thomas as a mid-range wide receiver one, even if his ceiling is a little bit limited with Patrick Peterson on him. But, uh, the ancillary, uh, uh concern here is that, or not concern, but the opportunity here, if, uh, Thomas is somewhat limited is that it could free up Ted Ginn a little bit uh he's a Boomer Bust wide receiver four with a little bit upside this week we saw him get free for a long uh, long pass against the Bears I think Bridgewater will continue to be undefeated as the starter in New Orleans uh give me the Saints
0: Give me the Saints. New York Jets at Jacksonville. Tonight, we'll pray for the Jets to escape the Patriots unharmed. They get another difficult matchup in Jacksonville despite the loss of Jalen Ramsey. I would not trust Robbie Anderson here. Sam Darnold doesn't have a ton of upside this week as well. Lev Bell will keep his touches around running back one level, and the targets for Jamison Crowder inside will make him a solid flex or back end. Uh, PPR wide receiver, too, probably.
1: Right. And uh, I hope you guys picked up Robbie Anderson if he was out there. We mentioned him in the waiver wire section last week as not a good start this week, but worth holding on um, because the Jets schedule really eases up after this week. Uh, And then the Jaguars defense really has regressed quite a bit. Uh, Losing Jalen Ramsey hurts even more. They're not awful, but they're certainly no longer a scary matchup. I actually quite like the Jets here um, I don't hate Darnold as a mid-range QB2. Uh, I like Robbie Anderson a lot who should see plenty of targets. I've got him as a mid-range wide receiver three with upside and Crowder as a flex play in PPR. Le'Veon Bell should be a decent low on RB1 option here given the volume he's been getting. He's even been getting a few for free for a couple bigger runs here uh, against the Patriots. So the Jaguars have been vulnerable on the ground. I like all these options. And, you know, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility for some of the more casual players in leagues in fantasy to just think that the Jets are really terrible. And if that's the case, uh, it's worth buying on these guys.
0: Absolutely, certainly uh, that jet stench is uh, is filling those players. You know, just sort of lingers on the players. So I've I've seen uh, their players couldn't be let go for quite a, a little bit.
1: Well, especially uh, Jack- uh, especially tonight because it's prime time. So a lot of people are going to be watching this game. They're going to struggle on offense against this elite Patriots defense, but uh, they they could actually have the potential to be pretty good on offense.
0: Yep, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it later. But that schedule for Darnold just opens up as the season goes on. The Jaguars uh, moved the ball pretty well in Cincy. They will try to do the same here. 29 carries, 131 yards, and two catches for Leonard Fournette, who continues on as a back end running back. One, Dede and DJ had a had a nice games here. Six catches, 103 yards for Westbrook. Three catches, 53 yards, and a 20-yard rush for Chark. Respectively, uh, they will have a better schedule going forward. And Chark is a wide receiver three with upside. Deedy should be a wi- uh, viable weekly flex play here, sort of how I saw him preseason. Fell off a little bit, but he's coming back to life. Minshew will be a nice streaming play if needed here in uh, in in uh, well in Jacksonville, but versus the Jets. Some of the other ones we mentioned uh, earlier, I do like better, but he should be plenty fine here.
1: Yeah, these are. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to add here. I, I like the same guys you do: Shark, Westbrook, uh, Fournette. Um, the only thing is, I would caution a little bit on Minshew just because Greg Williams does tend to blitz, and it, it could rattle him a little bit here. He's shown a few cracks in the last few weeks, uh, but certainly should still get it done. Um, this is an interesting, interesting game to watch. I think uh, two young, two teams with young quarterbacks with potential and uh, fairly good defenses. It's going to be a tough call i think you know i'm a big fan of Minshew, but despite how well he's played he might struggle here a little bit and i just think that darnold should be able to handle this jacksonville defense without ramsey so i'm actually going to take the jets on the road here hmm.
0: i am going to take uh jacksonville uh, at home i think leonard fournette has a really nice game and uh runs this uh runs this clock out all right Sunday afternoon games Carolina at San Francisco Carolina got a whole bye week to prepare for this tough defense no real surprises coming here uh, Kristen Christian McCaffrey is a must start running back one who may be limited by the tough defense here DJ Moore is an upside wide receiver three and Curtis Samuel is a low level flex play for me Kyle Allen will get the start again per Ron Rivera
1: yeah this uh... This could be a pretty low-scoring game on both sides. Both of these defenses have been playing well. Uh, not much to add here, but Greg Olson just wanted to mention uh, he should be avoided with the Niners very good at defending against the tight end. But at the same time, Kyle Allen hasn't really targeted Olson as much. If you believe that Cam Newton will be back healthy soon and will be the starter when he comes back, then Olsen should be a buy for you because he's averaged nine targets a game with Newton, averaging five catches for 73 yards in those two games uh, versus just seven targets per game with Kyle Allen uh, with just three catches for 33 yards in those games. So uh, just something worth mentioning if you do think Newton will be back soon. And of course, you're not benching Christian McCaffrey. You know, the Niners, they're undefeated and their defense has been very good. But You know, the Niners, although on paper they've allowed the fewest points to opposing running backs in fantasy, they've also faced Joe Mixon against the bad O-line, James Conner in Mason Rudolph's first start, and they faced Malcolm Brown with Todd Gurley out. So they haven't exactly uh, faced, (laughs) excuse me, running backs like McCaffrey. um, And the one really good running back they faced, Nick Chubb, he had 99 total yards from scrimmage, so McCaffrey is going to be just fine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. San Francisco is still undefeated. Uh, not a great offensive showing versus Washington, but the field was essentially flooded. Uh, you could not get any footing there. Matt Burrito left with a poke die, leaving Coleman to go 20 carries, 62 yards. Kittle stays a tight end one. You can't really take much away from a game with just 12 completed short passes. Hang on to Pettis. He's, con- he's constantly on the field lately, just obviously not seeing the volume in that heavy rain.
1: Yeah, it just uh, not much to write home about at Washington in that game, but uh, you know they got it done. As we said, Kyle Shanahan got his dad a, d- a game ball, so all's well that ends well here. Uh, just worth noting that, as you said, uh, Breda and Marquise Goodwin both passed the concussion protocol, so um, Goodwin, you're not really starting in fantasy, but of course uh, that does help the offense overall. Tevin Coleman I have as a low-end running back two here, Breda, Flex, and Kittle top five tight end. That's uh, about all for fantasy purposes. Uh, as you said, maybe, maybe keep an eye on Pettis. I don't think he has to be rostered right now. Um, we'll see if this offense develops uh, any other passing options behind Kittle. This should be a fun game. Uh, I think between two pretty good teams, uh, it would not shock me if Carolina pulled off an upset here, but uh, I gotta go with the home team here. I think the Niners have a decent shot to stay undefeated.
0: Yeah, I think the uh, I think the Niners do it. Cleveland at New England. Cleveland gets an extra week to prepare for New England, but barring any injuries tonight, it should not excite you all that much. Chubb will be a high-end running back, too, with workload upside versus New England, and Odell Beckham Jr. remains a must-start, but lower expectation wide receiver one or two. Definitely not starting Mayfield, and seeing Landry as a flex consideration with low, low touchdown potential.
1: Yeah, I don't think Beckham is a must-start here. Uh, I do think they're really going to bracket him. Uh, There's not a whole lot else to worry about. Um, I I still have him ranked as a low-end wide receiver too, though, but we'll see if Cleveland makes any offensive adjustments coming out of their bye.
0: Tonight, we'll see what this running back situation looks like, uh, but I doubt it's going to provide any clarity for the for the week to come anyways. Brady's going to be a fine quarterback, one against the Browns. I would not be shy about starting Edelman or Gordon if he's healthy. Likely not a huge week for James White or Michelle here, particularly if Burkhead is back this game. I'm expecting a nice game for Philip Dorsett tonight. We've still got a half to go, and if so, and Gordon remains out, I think he'll be a solid wide receiver three or flex play uh, versus Cleveland.
1: Yeah, and even through one half, uh, you know, Dorsett already has that touchdown, so certainly some upside there for him if Gordon is out again. Uh, But if Gordon is back, I, I don't love any of these wide receivers outside Edelman. You know, they've got Jacoby Myers, maybe Nikhil Harry's coming back pretty soon in a few weeks. Um, they're all going to be splitting snaps. We've seen time and again that the ball just gets spread around, and uh, you know we'll see tonight too if Ben Watson gets involved at all. But so far, not really. Um, I just it really it's Julian Edelman, Brady, and uh, the running backs. Although I have White as a low end RB two in PPR, and Michelle as a flex uh we'll see uh we'll see about josh gordon's knee injury just uh even if he plays uh, you know even when he's been healthy he hasn't been that productive and i don't think gordon's a must hold in shallower formats right now there's a lot of wide receiver options out there i will still bet on new england though given the strength of their defense
0: i will take new england oakland at houston the raiders put together a decent decent offset oh wow Whew! Take two. The Raiders put together a decent offense versus the Packers, but just not enough to get the win. Uh, David Carr was solid for. He's Derek Carr, isn't he? Mm, yeah. David Carr. Oh, my gosh. I just can't do it with those two. <laughs> Derek Carr. Derek Carr was solid for near 300. Wait, no, it's David. No.
1: No, it is Derek. You had it. Oh, my gosh. They are brothers, right? Yes, yes
0: my gosh Derek Carr was solid for near 300 yards two touchdowns one interception uh Josh Jacobs is churning through yards 21 carries 124 yards and three catches for 10 he's a solid workload running back too, or better in Houston honestly he's starting to get a little more and more work in that pass game which we saw in college Darren Waller was on fire seven catches eight targets 126 yards and two touchdowns cashing in nicely on that new big contract a lot of times we see guys sort to take it easy, but he's showing us that he's every uh worth every penny. The rest of the pass catchers do not hold starter level uh, level value with Tyrell Williams out.
1: Yeah, and uh Derek Carr here should stop <laughs> lunging for touchdowns on the ground because you would think Probably. he would have learned, uh, but not so much. Very disappointed that uh <laughs> that uh what is it, the touchback rule if you fumble out mm-hmm. of the end zone and you know, they even showed the replay in game of him doing that a year or two ago. So it's not as if this is a situation that he's never encountered. And I, I just I can't imagine cars as, as the franchise guy in Oakland past maybe even this year. So, um, but back to this matchup here, the Texans have been tough against the run. So I've got Jacobs as just a low end RB two. Um, he's still not super involved as a receiver, so that bites into his PPR production. Just three targets against Green Bay despite the catch up game script here. Assuming Tyrell Williams is out again with that plantar fasciitis, uh, as you said, Waller's earning that contract. Should be a mid range tight end one in PPR. Although, don't sleep on Keelan Doss or Foster Moreau. Doss was second in targets behind Waller with five against the Packers here. He's a rookie wide receiver who gained some traction in the preseason before he got cut and then got re signed. So, with the injury to Williams, this may be the opportunity that he needed. I've got Doss as a wide receiver four with upside, and funnily enough, he could actually face off against a former teammate, uh, cornerback Gary Conley, who's just traded today to Houston, so that would certainly be an interesting situation, and of course, um, yeah. Foster Moreau too, uh, he's scored touchdowns in back-to-back games, now is the number two tight end in Oakland, so he's worth a look in deeper leagues as well.
0: Tough day for Deshaun Watson behind two interceptions, losing to Indianapolis 23-30. Watson is is a confident number one at home here versus Oakland, who just allowed those six combined touchdowns to Aaron Rodgers. DeAndre Hopkins got right behind nine catches, 12 targets, 106 yards in that touchdown. And after the injury to Will Fuller, Kenny Stills turned in four catches, 105 yards, to Kiki Cutie's three for 25 with an outside pitch option rushing touchdown. Will Fuller is going to be out a few weeks with the hamstring. Uh, Both QT and Stills could have some upside here. I personally am leaning Stills. I am seeing a lot to the uh, alternative, but I I like Stills in his absence. Um, And I honestly prefer either of them to Carlos Hyde or Duke Johnson in the flex. Just much more upside in the offense for the wide receivers compared to Hyde's weekly combined 40 to 60 yards and Johnson's inconsistent target totals.
1: Yeah, by the way, are you watching this uh the Star Wars trailer?
0: Uh no, I'm conducting the podcast.
1: <laughs> oh, well, we have the game on. Um it, I don't know how to feel no, about it. No, I'm it's... I'm watching it. Oh, okay. Um Yeah, I, I by the way, I see that uh that lamp droid guy that we were talking about over the weekend.
0: Yeah, D O or D0. I don't know what his yeah. name is just and yet.
1: What's with these guys riding horses or buffalo or something? What?
0: Well, I think they're no, they're not Tauntauns, that's, that's for sure. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm getting pretty hyped for it. I, I know everybody, the trendy thing is to be super down on the Star Wars movies, but just like when the prequels came out, you know, give them five years and a rewatch and everybody's going to say, no, you know what, those were actually pretty darn good.
1: I don't know. Riding horses into battle against the star destroyer seems pretty dumb to me, but uh, maybe that's just me. <laughs> I, I don't
0: necessarily think they're flying horses into a star destroyer. That's probably not. Well, no, what's did happening. you see
1: it? They're riding horses on top of a star destroyer I or something. I think that's called editing. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, the jury remains out on this new Star Wars movie, but uh, the jury has decided that Deshaun Watson remains a top three quarterback this week. Yep. After seeing Aaron Rodgers dismantle this Raiders secondary, how's that for a transition? That's how it's done.
0: It was a good ruling too by the jury.
1: <laughs> Indeed. Um, Oakland's uh, traded away uh, one of their top cornerbacks too to Houston. Uh, you know, Conley wasn't great, but this is another blow to an already poor Raiders defense. Uh, this should be all systems go for Watson and also, uh, you know, never root for injuries always, uh, you know, that's never good, but, um, this Fuller injury could be exactly what DeAndre Hopkins owners need in fantasy. Finally oh. getting a huge target share, uh, after Fuller went out, uh, Hopkins is my top wide receiver this week in fantasy. And then of course, Kenny stills got quite involved. Uh, I've had, I've got him as a high end wide receiver three and Kuti is a low end flex in PPR. I'm going to take the much better team here in the Texans.
0: I'm going to take the Texans too, but Gruden's been getting this team motivated. They've been you know better than, than advertised in the preseason. Sunday night football, Green Bay at Kansas City. The Packers won 42-24 at home versus the Raiders. Huge day for Aaron Rodgers. 400-plus yards, five passing touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown on top. He is a must-play this week in Kansas City. Aaron Jones only carried the ball 12 times for 50 yards, adding four catches, 33 yards, and a very, very nice adjustment back-shoulder catch touchdown. Jamal Williams saw just four carries with four catches and a touchdown of his own. Jones is a running back two, and Williams is a startable running back three here in Kansas City. The wide receivers actually showed up for once this week. Mark Um, MVS with two catches, three targets, 133 yards in the touchdown. Geronimo Ellison catching just four or five for 33, but should have had a touchdown if he knew how to turn upfield and stay in bounds. Stepped out, initially called a touchdown, but called back about uh, 12 yards. Jake Kummerow had a nice day. Two catches, 54 yards and a touchdown, and Jimmy Graham went four or four for 65 and a touchdown. A lot of touchdowns there. They need Devontae Adams back here, but if not, I guess you can throw uh, any of these guys into your wide th- receiver three or flex slot and hope for some upside, but none are truly reliable.
1: Right, and the, oh man, that's depressing to talk about, but this would have been a great Sunday night game were not for the Mahomes injury. Um, yes, Aaron Rodgers had a huge day against Oakland, but we also should not ignore that Kansas City's pass rush looked revived on Thursday night. Of course, uh, Aaron Rodgers and Joe Flacco, that's night and day in terms of escaping pressure. So uh, I I would not bench Rodgers. In fact, I have him as a top three quarterback option here, but I just certainly would not expect another 40-point day. Um, Both Jones and Williams should get plenty of work if the Packers can get a bigger, bigger lead in this game. Uh, I like Jones as a high-end RB2 here, and Williams as a flex option. And assuming out, uh, Adams is out again, as you said, Los none of the wide receivers are particularly reliable, but Alan Lazard actually played the most snaps out of the four, so I would gamble on him uh, if I had to pick one to flex. And then Jimmy Graham I like as well, uh, given the cheap to, excuse me, susceptibility to pass-catching tight ends and seeing more targets ever since Adams has been out.
0: Tough break for the Chiefs. Uh, really bad for the NFL in general as we lose one of the most exciting players for at least a few weeks here. Matt Moore filled in well, but uh, I'm not expecting much against the tough Green Bay pass defense. You aren't benching Tyreek Hill or Kelsey, obviously, but I'd avoid Watkins if healthy or the other wide receivers. Uh, McCoy has high end running back two with upside uh, day coming here. And Damian Williams may have some flex value. <sighs> I'm not excited for the upside of this offense behind Matt Moore. I can't lie. Um, don't be shocked if we see more Daryl Williams than Damian Williams potentially limited, or not necessarily more than, but more of him potentially limiting Damian's upside uh, rather than establishing any of his own upside here. Um, gosh, just reth- just thinking through this Kansas City team, they've the loss of Mahomes really shows how many holes they
1: have. Yeah. Um, you know... Like you said, you're not. You're probably not benching Travis Kelsey because you probably don't have any better options at tight end, uh, and he might get uh, quite a few checkdowns again as he did against Denver. But I could maybe see benching Tyreek Hill if you picked up some decent wide receiver options while he was out with the shoulder injury. Uh, you know, he got hurt week one, so that was when guys like Terry McLaurin and GJ Shark were blown up. So if you if you picked up Shark or someone, I could maybe see playing him over Hill. Uh, but that that said, I agree that Hill is certainly not a must bench. Uh, he's still a mid-range wide receiver too. Here, um, I would I would equate him somewhat to Odell Beckham this week. Uh, you know, they both still have upside. All it takes is is one uh, one broken coverage, and Hill's gone for that long touchdown. Uh, even when he got double covered all night against the Broncos. So um, it's just that his floor is much lower, of course, with Matt Moore here. Uh, I've got McCoy's more of a high-end RB three play. I would assume that the Chiefs will want to run and attack the Packers' run defense and try and keep the ball out of Rodgers' hands, but it remains to be seen if Matt Moore is going to be able to keep these drives going long enough for any of these running backs to get enough touches. Um, eh, Damian Williams, I've got him as a low on flex in PPR if you're desperate. Uh, Maybe he gets a few few targets in catch-up mode if they are down quite a bit in the second half. Without Mahomes, uh, I would be pretty surprised if Green Bay loses this one. Maybe Kansas City can at least put up a fight, but I'll take the Packers on the road.
0: Yeah, thinking through it, I don't really see any way that the Chiefs slow down Jamal Williams or Aaron Jones, let alone Aaron Rodgers, and um, they're probably going to get some stacked boxes versus LaShawn McCoy, and Matt Moore is not going to be able to beat this uh, this Green Bay pass defense, so Green Bay, and it's probably not going to be close.
1: Yeah, although I I could see, like, if they got the kickoff, maybe, like, some crazy punt return or some gimmick play that gets them a quick touchdown, but then, you know, downhill from there.
0: Yep. All right, Monday Night Football, Miami at Pittsburgh. Talk about depressing. Miami gets the loss versus Buffalo, despite a surprisingly decent showing. That's what uh, Fitzmagic can do for you sometimes. The backfield gave Walton the most carries, Balazs the goal line touchdown, and Drake just part of the mess that you don't want, and it doesn't look like any other team wants. Uh, they certainly, He hasn't been traded away yet. Preston Williams went 6 of 8 for 82 yards to Parker's 5 of 10, 55 yards and a touchdown. And Parker has a has a uh, touchdown catch in multiple games this season. He isn't coming off the field much. I don't think he's a dreadful flex play.
1: Hmm. He's not dreadful, but uh, <laughs> I've got both Parker and Williams as wide receiver four options. They might see quite a few targets here, but it could be a rough day for Ryan Fitzpatrick if this Steelers pass rush can eat him alive like they did against philip rivers a couple weeks ago um, i'm just not sure how much time he's gonna have to throw uh yeah i think pittsburgh would be a legit contender in the afc right now if rothelsberger were healthy given how well their defense has been playing uh, i just i don't see a whole lot of upside here from miami i know things were optimistic with fitzpatrick against the bills but uh i'm just not seeing a ton of upside here um i'm avoiding all the running backs if you're in a bind, Mike Secchi is getting some targets now. He could be a desperation tight end, too, if they're in catch-up mode, uh, much like Hunter Henry was a couple weeks ago, but that's about it, really.
0: Great matchup for uh, Pittsburgh to get two weeks to prepare for. I like Juju as wide receiver, too, with some decent upside here, uh, but the main plays are going to be James Conner as a solid running back one if he's healthy, or if not, Benny Snell as a back-end running back one, actually. If Conner is out, or upside wide receiver running back three if Connor is not out. If Vance McDonald's healthy here, he has a decent shot as a tight end streamer as well.
1: Yep, Connor should be ready to go after two weeks. Uh, he missed uh, the second half of that Chargers game with a minor quad injury, but uh, certainly keep an eye on his status this week. I like Connor as a low end RB1, Snell as a flex, and Juju as a high end wide receiver three with Mason Rudolph back from that concussion. I'm not quite sold on McDonald. I think there are better tight end options here. I know I like Gerald Everett more than you, but uh, guys like in that uh, in that range, I would still play over McDonald until we see a little bit more from them. But yeah, I'd agree. Certainly, you could do worse at tight end. Um, I think Miami gave Buffalo a scare, but uh, you know they're still in contention for that number one overall pick, and uh, I think Pittsburgh should keep those hopes alive and keep Miami's winless streak alive. Give me the Steelers at home
0: i'm gonna pick the steelers as well but this is the exact type of game two weeks to prepare monday night football that the steelers lose to a team like miami but they i don't think they will but I'm, i wouldn't be shocked either
1: sure I, all right I, I would not uh put five hundred forty thousand dollars on it like uh <laughs> like some people did for chicago to beat the saints
0: oh my gosh kill me Two teams on a bye. Dallas here. Uh, Dak Prescott, Zeke Ileli, Tony Pollard, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Jason Witten. Um, Not a ton to say. Zeke dominated. Pollard is near a must own for a handcuff. Um, Gallup? Didn't exactly get it done the way we thought he would, but I think things will open up for him going forward. And Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, Marquise Brown, and Mark Andrews, sorry, Marquise Brown. Nice win in Seattle. Lamar Jackson's a stud, and this team is going to get even better when Hollywood Brown is back.
1: Yeah, it's pretty sad. Uh, three three great fantasy running backs out this week, Zeke, Ingram, and Lamar Jackson. <laughs> um moving on to the injuries here uh kicking it off at quarterback of course we've got Patrick Mahomes with that right patella dislocation probably out three to six weeks here Um, Mahomes got lucky there wasn't a there was only little additional damage to the ligaments and arteries when that kneecap popped he's going to try and push off surgery until after the season and come back but if Kansas City is smart they're going to hold him out until at least after they're in week 12. Matt Ryan with a high ankle sprain questionable for this week. Uh, He left that game against the Rams, was seen in a walking boot after, but the reports are it's not that serious, and this kind of injury isn't as limiting for a quarterback who doesn't run much. So monitor Ryan's practice status this week, there is a chance he could play. Mason Rudolph with the concussion, uh, he's already cleared concussion protocol, so just updating this item, he's likely back this week. Cam Newton with the Lisfranc sprain in that foot, questionable but likely out this week. Uh, Ron Rivera has already said that Kyle Allen will start against the Niners, and Newton could return next week, though, if healthy, but whether or not he starts is going to be another situation to monitor as well. Drew Brees with that surgery on the thumb, he's questionable but not likely to play this week. Again, he started throwing and could return, but there's just really no reason for Sean Payton and the Saints to force him back early. Facing Arizona at home, they should be able to handle this game without him and give him the extra week to rest up during their bye. We will see though.
0: The meat wagon's starting to pile up for the running backs here. David Johnson with the ankle injury, questionable. Arizona trolled fantasy owners by making Johnson active, but giving him just one carry. He looked to be in a lot of pain during that one carry. Uh, Even if he's active again, Johnson is a risky start, likely not fully healthy, could get pulled. With Chase Edmonds playing well in Arizona, working out JHI, Spencer Ware and C.J. Anderson monitor DJ's practice status this week. Carry-on Johnson. Knee sprain. Questionable. Johnson left that game early versus Minnesota and was on an exercise bike with a brace on his knee. It's unlikely we'll get a ton of details from uh, Belichick Jr. over there. I mean, Matt Patricia. But being declared out early in a key divisional game generally is not a good sign. Keep posted on uh, Johnson's practice status this week. Adrian Peterson with that ankle injury, questionable. We're still awaiting results of his MRI, but either way, he's not a great play versus a good Minnesota run defense, especially if he's not 100%. Monitor his practice status, though, with Chris Thompson still battling a foot injury and Geist not ready to return yet. Wendell Smallwood could be a volume running back for a play if everyone else is out on Thursday. Alvin Kamara, knee and ankle sprains, questionable, but questionable but not likely to play here. Similar to Drew Brees, the Saints could choose to let Kamara heal fully with their bye coming up next week. He could return, but it's likely that Latavius Murray will handle the Arizona game given how good he and the offense in general looked versus Chicago. Keep an eye on Kamara's status this week, though, just in case. James Conner with the quad injury, questionable but likely to play. James Conner left in the second half of the game versus the Chargers, but it was a blowout in which Pittsburgh didn't really need to put him back in of remained on the sidelines, so the hope is that the injury is not serious. Connor should be back from the bye here. Um, however, it's worth keeping an eye on his status this week. You never know what can happen in practice. Darius Geis with the meniscus injury, questionable but not likely to play this week. Geis could return to practice this week, though it's uncertain that he could return on a short week to play Thursday night. Uh, however, his status is worth monitoring for the coming weeks. And then Chris Thompson, foot injury, questionable. Thompson left the game versus Miami with a foot injury in the second half. Not a lot of details yet about this out, but he's had a litany of injuries throughout his career. Monitor his practice statics this week. That's uh, the entire Washington running back core. I think Trent Williams may be onto something.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and uh, uh, just to update, uh, a couple of these items were written. Before we got more updates, uh, You know, Kamara and Carryon are both likely out, so just uh, something to keep in mind here. At wide receiver, we've got Adam Thielen with a hamstring injury. He's questionable, but likely out as well. Um, this is an early Thursday night game, and even though the MRI results were positive that this hamstring injury is not severe, uh, Minnesota should be able to handle Washington without him. Uh, could choose to give him the extra week to heal, even if he's feeling good. Will Fuller with a hamstring injury, uh, likely out at least three to four weeks. Uh, Fuller's been constantly banged up throughout his career. He's been boomer bust even when he's healthy. I don't think he's a must-hold in shallower formats, although uh, the three-touchdown game kind of upside is always there when he does return action. Tyrell Williams with the plantar fasciitis. He's questionable. He missed the game against Green Bay, and these type of foot injuries can limit players for quite some time, so monitor Williams' status this week, but could be a long shot for him to return this soon. Sammy Watkins with a hamstring injury. He's questionable. Watkins hurt that hamstring early Sunday night of week five, and even if he plays, it's unlikely that Watkins is going to be worth starting in fantasy with Patrick Mahomes out the next few weeks. Watkins is still owned in 90% of ESPN leagues and 84% of Yahoo leagues as of this morning, but I think he's likely droppable in shallower formats until Mahomes is back. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, he had that big, big week um, in week one of the season and has not had much since Um it's likely that people relying on him are not doing so hot. So you can't you can't waste uh, valuable bench spots right now when you need uh, wins at this point in the fantasy season.
1: Yep, and then uh, I think something similar goes for Josh Gordon. At least for me, uh, he's out. <clears throat> excuse me, out tonight with that knee injury. Questionable for this coming week. He could return in time to play against Cleveland, but uh, both of their starting cornerbacks are probably going to be back healthy. Um, both uh you know, both were out with the hamstring injuries, but Gordon hasn't even been very productive when healthy, with Dorset and Myers and Nikhil Harry possibly returning soon as well. I don't think Gordon is a must-hold in shallower formats either.
0: I think he'll be back sooner rather than later. I honest I mean, I, I guess I'm holding on to the glory days of last year. I I'm not holding on to, you know, his, his amazing wide receiver one season, but last year the connection between him and Brady was I mean it was otherworldly considering that they hadn't been together before
1: that's fair uh, i think gordon and uh, will fuller certainly have more upside than sammy watkins and could be worth holding sure. um, sterling Shepard concussion uh, he's questionable this is already his second concussion of the season so it's up in the air how long it's going to take him to go through the protocol and monitor his practice status this week devante adams of the turf toe he's questionable adams has yet to practice since the injury and he's described it as major quote-unquote uh, until we see him start practicing, he's likely not ready to return, but uh, certainly worth monitoring as both Marcus Valdez Scantling and Geronimo Allison looked doubtful against Olin, Oakland, excuse me, but ended up playing. Christian Kirk with a high ankle sprain, he's questionable. It all just depends on how that ankle is recovering. He seemed close to playing versus the Giants, but Arizona seems content to hold him out until he's 100% ready, but. They could sure use him for this tough game against the Saints, so monitor that practice status on him this week. Deshaun Jackson with a groin injury. He's questionable. It sounds like Jackson is getting closer and closer and closer returning, but it's <laughs> anyone's guess at this point. Keep an eye on that practice participation. Uh, much like Christian Kirk, the Eagles could sure use him back to kickstart that offense. A.J. Green with that ankle surgery recovery. Questionable, but likely still out. Uh, really, there's no timeline on him. Could be out until week 10 after their bye week in Week 9. If Green was dropped, he's worth a look as a waiver ad during Cincinnati's bye week. Um, Maybe pick him up preemptively for pretty much free uh, for teams that need help at wide receiver.
0: As for our tight ends, Jared Cook with the ankle injury questionable. As with Breeze and Kamara, New England may choose to rest Cook until after the bye and have all three players back healthy in Week 10. Monitor Cook's practice status this week as he would be a top-10 tight end option if active versus this Arizona secondary. Delaney Walker, ankle injury questionable. Not a lot of info yet on Delaney Walker, but he struggled in practice all week, left the game early versus the Chargers. Consider him questionable as of right now, but he could miss this week. Honestly, looking at his numbers, it's as if he's missed the last three weeks altogether. (laughs) Chris Herndon, hamstring questionable. The Jets' offense looks much improved with Sam Darnold back, and their schedule eases up quite a bit after this uh, New England game tonight. Monitor his practice status.
1: Yep, and uh, for teams who lost uh, Patrick Mahomes or just need quarterback help in general uh, with Lamar or Dak Prescott on bye, Kicking off the waiver wire section, we've got Matthew Stafford, 49% owned in ESPN, 57% owned in Yahoo. Despite the fact that Kyler Murray failed to throw for a touchdown against the Giants, they remain a great matchup for quarterbacks. Stafford's coming off the huge game in which he threw for four touchdowns and should have another great performance here against this New York defense, giving up the fifth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. He's a great low end QB1 this week. Kirk Cousins, 39% in ESPN, 64% in Yahoo. Washington kept the Niners' offense out of the end zone in a downpour where neither team could really throw the ball. But at home, in the Dome, against a Washington organization that strung him along and didn't want to pay up for Cousins as their franchise guy, this is the perfect revenge game narrative. Minnesota could run the ball a lot if they get a big, but Cousins is still a high-end QB2 with a lot of upside if he's feeling vindictive in this one. Ryan Tannehill, 2% owned in ESPN, just 5% owned in Yahoo. It's hard to trust a journeyman like Tannehill after just one game, but he certainly looks good against the Chargers despite losing half of his offensive line to injury. If the Titans' starting right tackle and right guard can return uh, and keep Tannehill fairly well protected against this Buccaneers pass rush, he could have a nice day against their vulnerable secondary. Tannehill's a risk-reward mid-range quarterback, too, with upside.
0: I'm sorry. I was just watching that uh, that Patriots safety. That that's just sad.
1: <laughs> yep. And uh, you know, I, I. It's honestly, you know, what's sadder? It's very sad if you have the Patriots defense in fantasy and you don't have a winning record because that might be very hard to accomplish.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. Okay, let's uh, let's accomplish a little uh, running back waiver wire. Why don't we? Chase Edmonds, 32% in ESPN, 48% owned in Yahoo. We've mentioned Edmonds a number of times on the waiver wire section for weeks. He clearly has running back one upside whenever David Johnson misses time, but he always has standalone flex value now, given how well he's been playing in this Arizona offense. Though Arizona is working out J.J. Spencer-Wearing, C.J. Anderson, Edmonds would be the starter, and fantasy running back two, even in a tough matchup versus New Orleans. Jamal Williams, 56%, ESPN 60 percent in Yahoo much like Edmunds Williams has his running back one upside if Aaron Jones were to miss some time and is a standalone flex play given his involvement both as a runner and receiver in a Green Bay offense that's starting to heat up. Ty Johnson 2% ESPN, 1% Yahoo and JD McKissick just 1% everywhere. Johnson is the priority pick up here if Kerryon Johnson misses this week as he's played 49 snaps compared to McKissick's 19. Johnson also got the two goal line touches here. If Kerryon is out versus the Giants, Johnson would be a low and running back two with upside versus a uh, defense that just gave up 126 yards and three touchdowns to Chase Edmonds. And McKissick would have some relevance as a fantasy running back five. Granted, all this may mean nothing if they sign C.J. Anderson tomorrow. Benny Snell, 6% ESPN, 5% Yahoo. The injury to James Conner does not look too serious, but Pittsburgh has been very run-heavy and integrated their running backs into short passing game to help their second and third string quarterbacks here. Snell is a low-end flex play versus Miami, even with Conner active, and he'd be a high upside running back, too, if Conner were to miss time with Jalen Samuels already out for about the next month after his knee surgery. Alexander Madison, 18% ESPN ownage, 25% in Yahoo. Madison is a priority handcuff with running back one upside if Cook were to miss time. But he should also be an emergency running back four for teams with running backs on by this week with some upside if Minnesota were to get up big on Washington Thursday night. Ronald Jones, 48% across the board. Peyton Barber, 58% in ESPN, 43% in Yahoo. We'll see how the workload is split between the Tampa Bay running backs coming out of their bye, but Jones showed well and could start handling more touches going forward. Neither is a great start versus a stout Tennessee run defense, though, this week. Chris Thompson, 49% ESPN, 41% Yahoo. Darius Geis, 29%. ESPN, 30% Yahoo. Geis is close to returning from his meniscus surgery, and Thompson is probably the best receiving back of the three on, on, uh, on that team. However, none are worth starting outside of deep leagues in this running back by committee on a bad Washington offense. If Adrian Peterson can't go Thursday night with the ankle injury, Wendell Smallwood could be the last man standing as a running back for purely on the volume of touches, even versus a tough Minnesota defense. And then last but not least, Kareem Hunt, 55% in ESPN, 52% Yahoo. Hunt can return to practice this week. He's been cleared. He will be eligible to return week 10 versus Buffalo. He has some flex upside in PPR, but will likely play behind Chubb barring an injury. Really interested to see how uh, how they make that running back split go when he comes back
1: yeah, and we we mentioned, uh, I think, Chubb a couple weeks ago on the show that he's certainly not a must sell, but uh, you know there could be some uh, you know, potential to sell high on Chubb if you do think that Cream Hunt is going to at least eat into, you know twenty, thirty percent of the touches there. Just something uh, food for thought maybe. And then real quick game break too. Uh, real smart play by Sam Darnold to bat the ball out for a safety instead of a a fumble return touchdown, saving four points. Um, just a shout out to the Chicago punter Pat O'Donnell for doing the same thing in that game against the Saints. Um, kind of sad when you have to, you know, applaud that you only gave up two points instead of six. But uh, that's where we are with the Bears right now. Bears and
0: Jets, huh? That's great company.
1: Yep, and the Chargers. So uh, we'll see. We'll see this week. Uh, you know, hopefully the Bears can at least beat the Chargers, mm-hmm. or else that's that's a real bad sign. Might be two to zero. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll take it at this point. Uh, Right? You know, I I think the only the only silver lining you can really say about Trubisky is he hasn't really turned the ball over. I guess he's not throwing picks.
0: That's true, but it's it's because seventy percent of his balls are uncatchable by anybody. But you know, silver linings.
1: Better better safe than sorry. Am I right? Absolutely. Um, all right, at wide receiver here, we've got Jamison Crowder playing tonight, a little bit over 50% threshold that we usually use, but uh, just wanted to mention him because of that jet schedule that we've talked about so much tonight, easing up after this week and next 65% owned in ESPN, 57% owned in Yahoo. Um, but Darnold showed that he's very willing to target Crowder now that he's back healthy. He's a PPR wide receiver three with upside, given that target volume and a great schedule coming up. Although the only risk is that Chris Herndon's potential return at some point could eat into Crowder's target share. Kenny Stills, 15% owned in ESPN, 13% owned in Yahoo. And Kiki QT, 22 percent owned in ESPN, 14% Yahoo. Stills played 94% of the snaps against Indianapolis with Fuller out. Stills and QT tied for five targets each uh, behind DeAndre Hopkins 9 targets, though Stills was far more effective downfield and got the touchdown here. Stills is a wide receiver three with upside for as long as Fuller is out and Kuti is a low end flex and PPR as well with some upside. Corey Davis and AJ Brown we talked about a little bit. Davis 44% owned in ESPN, 41% owned in Yahoo and Brown 11% owned in ESPN, 17% in Yahoo. Both Titans wide receivers actually got targets with the Titans making a change at quarterback. The rookie Brown led the team with eight targets, but Davis wasn't far behind with seven and had a score. Both wide receivers are flex plays with some upside against the vulnerable Buccaneers secondary this week if Tennessee's offensive line can give Tannehill enough time to find them. Alex Erickson, 0% owned in ESPN, 2%. In Yahoo, with John Ross on IR, Erickson has played 94% of the snaps against Jacksonville. The Rams are going to be a tough matchup, but as long as Erickson keeps playing nearly every snap and getting this kind of target share equal to Tyler Boyd, he's going to be in the conversation as a boom or bust wide receiver four with an okay floor in PPR. Cole Beasley, 28% owned in ESPN, 29% in Yahoo. Beasley's day would not have been great without that touchdown, but he did tie John Brown for the lead in targets with six apiece. Beasley's a wide receiver five with some upside against a poor Philadelphia secondary that's starting to get healthier.
0: And as for the tight ends, Janu Smith, 0% owned across the board, a well-known name for uh, Dynasty Circles. With Tennessee's offense looking much improved after the switch from Mario to Tannehill, Smith could have a decent day versus Tampa Bay if Delaney Walker is unable to play this week. It's easier to pass versus the Bucks than to run on them, and Tampa Bay has allowed the second-most Tennessee points to opposing tight ends this year. Josh Hill, 1%, ESPN, 0 In Yahoo. If Jared Cook is out again, Hill would be the starting tight end versus an Arizona defense that gives up the most fantasy points to opposing tight ends, some high leverage plays there. Eric Ebron, 39% in ESPN, only 52% Yahoo. Ebron has been boom or bust tight end option who's touchdown dependent, but with defense strength at cornerback, both Ebron and Doyle could receive more targets in this game. And Ebron displayed his athleticism reeling in a one-handed touchdown in the back of the end zone versus Houston. He's a high end tight end too this week. Chris Herndon, 20% ESPN, 29% Yahoo. If Herndon can return from his hamstring injury soon, the Jets have a great schedule coming up, playing Miami twice, the Giants, Washington, Oakland, and Cincinnati. The Jets' offense is improving with Darnold back healthy, and Herndon could be worth stashing stashing preemptively if you have the bench space. Ben Watson, 3% in ESPN, 4% in Yahoo. We'll see tonight how much Watson's used as a receiver in this New England offense, but he could become a decent streamer if he gets decent target shares here. And Mike Gesicki, 1% across the board. If you're desperate, and some of you are, Miami's offense looked somewhat competent with Fitzpatrick under center. Pittsburgh should lead in the game. And we saw Hunter Henry get a ton of targets in garbage time versus Steelers two weeks ago. Gesicki has some upside versus Pittsburgh defense, allowing the sixth most fantasy points to opposing tight ends.
1: Yep, and at defense, uh, top on the list here, we've got the Pittsburgh defense and special teams, 34% owned in ESPN, 47% owned in Yahoo. Looks like quite a few of you out there uh, held on to them through the bye, looking forward to this Miami matchup. And uh, it should pay off. Uh, The Fitzmagic led Miami offense looked good enough through the first half against Buffalo, but the interceptions and fumbles eventually came. The Steelers defense absolutely wrecked a much better Chargers offense two weeks ago. Coming off their bye and at home against this Dolphins team makes them a top defensive option this week. Carolina defense, 49% owned in ESPN, 44% in Yahoo. The Niners are undefeated, but a large part of that is due to their defense. On offense, the San Francisco run game has been good, but Carolina has been fairly good at stopping the run. Even with this East coast team traveling West, they could put some pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo and get a few sacks, maybe even a turnover. And then finally the Detroit defense, uh, 5% owned in ESPN, 9% owned in Yahoo. Uh, look, just a terrible call by me on last week's show recommending the lions against Minnesota. Hopefully, uh, you didn't listen to that one and dodge <laughs> the bullet with the negative three points, but, uh, Look, Daniel Jones has been struggling. Saquon Barkley's ankle doesn't look 100% yet. This is a Giants team that just gave up eight sacks to Arizona, a terrible, terrible defense. So the lines are in play at home, uh, even if you got burned by them this past week.
0: All right. If you need some kickers, we got some kickers. Mike Nugent, 25% in ESPN, 32% in Yahoo, of course the Patriots kicker. Nugent's ownership percentage is shockingly low, considering he's the new Steven Guskowski. He did struggle on a windy night versus the Giants on Thursday, but he still knocked in five extra points. Nugent should be owned and started in far more with leagues this week coming versus Cleveland. Matt Prater, 73% in ESPN, 53% in Yahoo. The Lions offense is hot. They should continue moving the ball into scoring position versus a poor Giants defense this week. And Jason Myers, 10% in ESPN, 68% Yahoo. Seattle is likely to beat up on a bad Atlanta defense, and it may be somewhat one-sided if Matt Ryan is out for this game. Myers should rack up a few field goal opportunities here for sure.
1: Yeah, Nugent's already done pretty well tonight. And then, uh, you know, Jason Myers, even though he's had issues with accuracy, uh, they will be traveling uh, to Atlanta in the dome this week, so he should be fine there. And yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully you were on the uh, giving end of these beatdowns in some of these leagues. Uh, man, hopefully you had Aaron Rodgers or you had Chase Edmonds going for you. Hopefully you didn't go with uh, one of the guys who gave you two points or uh, five points. Just a lot of chaos this week. But uh, as you know, Los, uh, with your team name in one of our leagues, hashtag Trust the Process. Am I right?
0: You absolutely got to do that. Trust your own process. Trust our process. Trust trust good processes.
1: <laughs> can't, uh, can't argue with that one. Trust good processes, uh, you know, and stay vigilant on the waiver wire. Uh, every week there are gems who could win you the week uh, or even the rest of the season. We saw if you picked up Chase Edmonds a week or two ago, um, you know, now he's a starter for you potentially. Uh, the same could be said of guys like Ty Johnson, or if you want to look ahead even further, guys like Kareem Hunt, Chris Herndon. Uh, just keep uh, keep churning out these guys. Make trades if you need to. The season is still very far from over. And as always, if you need more specific advice for your fantasy teams, you can find us on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G.
0: And I'm at FFA underscore los Super Producer Dan is at FFA underscore Dan. And you can send us anything. We'll get back to you. And then, of course, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We're available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Whether you're listening to us on your computer or mobile device, go ahead and click subscribe. And you will automatically have a fantastic, if I do say so myself, podcast awaiting your listening ears on Tuesday morning.
1: And as always, if uh, – oh, man, I'm, uh, I'm blanking Oof. here. I'm watching Take the Take two. <laughs> Take two, as always. Uh, it's a fantasy world out there, and we're all just addicts in it.
0: Thanks, addicts. Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about
1: recovery. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes.